Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We're recording. Recording. We're back. <laughs> Welcome to Three Black Girls, One Rose. Where three black ass girls invade the whitest show on earth. The Bachelorette. I'm Natasha. I'm Justine. And Rachel's going to be joining us for our mailbag episode in just a few se- seconds. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> just a few minutes. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, we were so excited to have Rachel on last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a such a fun conversation with her yeah yeah it was really good fun and very in depth mm-hmm. and i mean she's our ultimate guest so yeah. we were able to ask all of our burning questions mm-hmm. hopefully that was some of you guys's burning questions mm-hmm. and you got the tea that you wanted um but before we get into the mailbag justine what were your what were your thoughts on our interview with rachel last week so i thought it was really interesting how all of these contestants really do think that these producers are out for good intent for, like, a wholesome TV show. <laughs> like, we ask everybody, like, what was the deal with Lee? What was the deal with Lincoln? What happened here? What happened there? And they really do think that it's honest mistakes on the producers' mm. part and not publicity. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because we're jaded because we watch this on an analytical level. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I was a, a public relations major, so I'm always looking at like the public relations angle mm-hmm. um, and how a scandal can be turned into money, mm-hmm. regardless if it's good or bad. True. Um, so I think that's really interesting, and I think telling that maybe, maybe they, no, I don't believe them. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that was interesting, though. Yeah. That, um, yeah. Her and Diggy both were like, no, they cast Lee because they cast Lee. Yeah. Like. And that was that. Yeah. And, you know, as she said, she said it's embarrassing for the show mm-hmm. for that to happen, and like, it is. Yeah. But it's also publicity. Exactly. And yeah. it, it, it. It was talked about, regardless right. of if it was it made the Bachelor producers or whatever look horrendous <laughs> that this happened, but mm-hmm. it was still publicity. So yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, also, thought it was really good to see some behind the scenes um, views of some of the two dimensional characters that we saw on the show, um, like Diggy. We see his personality on Twitter, but mm-hmm. not really. Um, 
from TV. Like, we don't really see a whole lot of his personality right. on TV. And we didn't see him much on, on Rachel. And she, yeah, Rachel or Paradise. Right. Like, and she gave us the background to yep. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To why that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, even Brian. Mm-hmm. Like, to see more of their love story and why she chose him versus Peter. Now I, like, totally get it. Right. But if we didn't have this interview with her and ask her these questions, I would not have understood why she picked him. No, we didn't. Because yeah. we, we watched we what they didn't. put out, and it wasn't... We got no insight into Brian. Yeah, so. yeah. And no insight into, like, why not Peter. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And then also how unique the perspective is from a lead versus a contestant. Yeah. Really She was our first lead mm-hmm. that we've interviewed. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Yeah. We get to see it from their side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how their brain works and how she was like, fuck what the producers say because I was doing what I want because I wanted my husband yeah. at the end of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. um, versus these contestants go in and we've had, we haven't interviewed anybody who won. So at some point, they're mm-hmm. a viewer. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they have sort of a similar perspective on how we see things. They're kind of on the same plane. Right. The lead is never on the same plane. No. They're fully in this. Yep. Because they've either been on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, and they've been the lead. Mm-hmm. So they have absolutely no concept of what it's like to be just a viewer. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, really interesting for that perspective mm-hmm. yeah. as well. What did you think, cool. Tash? Loved the interview with Rachel. Mm-hmm. She was dope. Um, I think, first thing, I loved being able to, like, dissect her finale Yeah. further. Mm-hmm. Um, as we said at the start of the episode, we got to address the elephant in the room that yep. Justine and I were big Peter and Eric fans. Mm-hmm. Weren't the biggest, biggest fans of Brian. Um, and while we didn't recap her season, we've obviously talked about Peter yeah. and Brian and, and Eric and all that stuff. Um, so it was interesting to hear from her how she went into the show saying that she didn't want two proposals. Yeah. She wanted yes. just one. And so she always, pl- it sounds like she always planned to break up with someone at the end. Yep. Um, and in that case it was Peter. Mm-hmm. And so what we got was this, you know, 10 minute tearful breakup. Mm-hmm. But then we learned it was a four hour long conversation. Almost like a negotiation yeah. in her head. Like, uh-huh. shit, what am I going to do? I have to send him home. How am I going to do How it? How am I going to do this? Yeah. But she went in knowing that she was sending him home regardless. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really interesting to hear. And also just hearing all the elements that were happening at the same time. Like we saw... The two of them crying, and it was sad, yeah. and we're crying, and we're sad. But we now know it was a four-hour-long conversation. Mm-hmm. It was, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Her ass was tired of shit. Yep. Like, she was done with having this combo. Yeah. Like She had another man on the other side of the, what, island? Island. Wherever they were. Hotel, whatever. Yeah. Who was like, I'm sure of this. I want you, and I want to marry you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yet she was- and she was sitting there with Peter, who was fine, mm-hmm. but also, like... Not one hundred percent. Right. I don't like. Now, now it's a totally different perspective. Right. Now I get it. I also like how she said, um, she gave us insight into because she has said this before how Peter reminded her of her ex. Yeah. But we never really fully understood what that means. Right. We don't know her ex. We don't really know all about that. Yeah. But I love how she broke it down. How Peter was saying like, um, you know, you're. I, I am in love with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not ready yet. Mm-hmm. And the way he was kind of negotiating yeah, and trying yeah. to keep her on on the leash yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right term. And how for her that was like 
literally blaring red flags. Yeah. This is my ex, yeah. and I'm going to the left. Yeah. So, yeah, we didn't, as viewers, see... We never got to see why Peter wasn't the one that she... Mm-hmm. Wasn't supposed to choose. Am I saying that right? <laughs> why Peter wasn't the one for her? Why? Yeah. yeah. All we saw was Peter is the one. Yeah. He right. is the one. Yeah. Who else is there? Yeah. But now we get to who see is who what? is Brian. Yeah. yeah. But now we really got to see the reasons for why he actually wasn't the one for yeah. her, particularly now in context with her ex. So yep. I liked. I loved getting that kind of context. Um, I also love how, um, you know, she's out of. She's been out of the space for. It's been what two years now mm-hmm. since she's been the Bachelorette. How now she's able to look and you know not judge people for not liking Brian. Yeah, I'm pretty sure her not judging us for not liking yeah, Brian too. or not liking Brian at that time. Um, and how she is, you know, able to see that steering the editing steered people in a way. Mm-hmm. It steered people in a way that weren't favorable to her and her relationship and yeah. with Brian. Um, but she knows that this is a business and this is a show. Mm-hmm. And she still was able to leave The Bachelor with relationships with the producers. Yeah. She's able to do podcasts like ours and yeah. not feel some type of way. And is able to like now tell her story and be like, look, this is the way it was editing. They mm-hmm. showed you, you know, not the full story. And I can't blame you. Um with what the media presented and you know this is what i wanted you guys to see and what i wanted yeah. you guys to know and she has the love of her life yeah and so it's like fuck everybody yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever and my last thought this was my ultimate question going in well yeah this was my ultimate question personally mm-hmm. was about the producer pick yeah we always talk about how you know whenever we see the lead give the rose to the joke that's there we're like what is this This is a producer pick the producer made them do it and she addressed yes in the first episode or two they are there are some producer picks that the producers encourage them to keep certain characters around Mm -hmm. for the drama or for the show and so i loved getting that confirmation and sometimes the producers get their way with that like with grocery store joe and david the chicken like, both yeah. them niggas ended up being profitable. Right. So, that ended up really working That's for true. them. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Well, grocery store, no, he didn't make it past the first day. Exactly. But he became a whole he, thing. He, yeah. Chicken, David Chicken, uh-huh. made it over Grocery Store Joe. Yeah. And ended up making, you know, a lot of drama for Bachelor at, and Bachelor in Paradise. And now Grocery Store Joe is making money on Dancing with the Stars as we were recording mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> so, so, it ended up really working out for them in some sense. Some sense. Sense of so, the way. Yeah. You know, it's confusing right. for us as viewers. Like, yeah. why are they keeping that dumb chicken guy around? But <laughs> yeah. now we got to see, you know, behind the scenes. So, mm-hmm. cool insight. Got some cool insights on that episode yeah. here on the, the interview with Rachel. Um, and so now let's roll into the mailbag, mailbag portion where we get into some emails from you guys um, and get some advice from Rachel. Yep. Yay. Um, all right. So, Rachel, I feel like you spilled all the tea you got. Um, so <laughs> we wanted to <laughs> dig into some of these listener emails, um, on last week's episode, Justine and I, you know, we did a nice little deep dive into certain themes that came up on Becca season. Um, and so okay. we have here four emails from listeners seeking advice. So our first theme that okay. we discussed last week was everyday bigots. Um, which were the Garrett's of the world, the well-intentioned white friends, co-workers, 
um, the white people who come in and out of our lives who seem like they have good intentions, but really they say really off the wall and problematic shit. <laughs> so our first email is from Michaela. Um, and Michaela says, today I heard some unfortunate comments made by one of the administrators in my school. She teaches in a middle school as a special ed teacher. And for reference, she's a straight white woman. Apparently, a parent came to school and was talking to a white male administrator, and the parent told him she wanted to speak with the African-American administrator instead. The white admin arranged that, but then approached me and decided to share with me that this is why he lives in XYZ Town, which is a super white conservative suburb, and said something about his tax dollars in reference to this woman. My level of cringe and discomfort at this blatant disrespect was sky high. For reference, the school is in a district whose student body is more than 50% African-American. Before walking away, I told him I understood that he was frustrated, but it wouldn't help to go that low and say those sorts of things. What would you recommend I do if this type of thing happens again in the future? Is she a teacher? Yep, a middle school special ed teacher. Mm -hmm. So, I actually heard y'all's podcast where you talked about this. Oh. I can't remember which which one of you said that um, the friend that you had and you heard her talking behind you and, you know, she felt comfortable because she was able to say those things mm -hmm. yeah. before about you. But then when it was about an Asian person, but there were no Asian people to represented in the group, you know, mm -hmm. you called her out on it. Mm -hmm. And I think that and you said you, you felt she said those things because she was um she she said them in front of you because she was she felt comfortable saying them. Right. So I would I would say that when I when you said that I was like I've been guilty of that in the past. Mm. Um, you know you kind of just let things go because you're like oh I know how they are, but then it can escalate to a certain point. So my advice to Michaela would be, you know, don't rehash this incident because it's already been done. And then if you bring it up, it seems like you're sensitive. I think that when the next time the opportunity brings itself up, I think you use it as a as a point to educate that person. Mm -hmm. You know, not coming from a place of I'm you hurt my feelings or this made me feel a certain way. It's more this is wrong and let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. And let me be the one to tell you why so you don't say it from the wrong person and they tell you in a complete different way right. or you know like you get fired or that the higher ups are bringing you into the office mm. and, and I think that he should or someone else like that if anyone else in that situation they should be able to respect the way that you approach them mm -hmm. and and what you're saying I think they'll, they would be more receptive of it if you came at them that way mm -hmm. yeah yeah I agree I think Michaela definitely has the authority to say, you know, the next time that, you know, I don't think that's appropriate. And I think also as an educator, she has a responsibility to advocate for her students and her families mm -hmm. and say, you know, yeah. people have the right to say that they want to meet with a certain administrator if they think that person better understands them. And as teachers, we just have to respect that. And that's it. Um, you know, I can speak from experience. I work in education. I used to work at a charter school. 95% of the students are black. 95% of the admin were white. Yeah. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. it's just the nature, I would say to Michaela, it's the nature of the job sometimes of being a white administrator in a very black 
dominated school um, that sometimes you might run into these parents who maybe unjustifiably look at you sideways um, but that doesn't give this guy here the authority to say stuff behind their back or mm-hmm. or make comments about you know tax dollars or whatever the hell so um, yeah I agree I think Michaela can definitely pull this person upside and give them a little teaching moment and why that was inappropriate particularly with the population of students that they serve yeah and Michaela, from my experience, I have had um, a lot of these little microaggressions happen to me at work, but I didn't have the backup of students behind me as almost like a um, almost like a parachute for your um, defense. So you could say from the perspective of my students X Y Z. Um, and also, I do think that he's bitter about working there. Mm-hmm. I think he's mad about it. Um, and that's very obvious. And I think it's also very obvious that you're passionate about your work. And you can also use that to communicate well to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about how passionate you are about teaching and about teaching um, in this demographic. And use that to communicate through him. Because he's not going to sit there and like get a history lesson from you. He's not going to be receptive to that Mm. because he's already mad that he's working with black people anyway. (laughs) So you have to kind of use something else as a vehicle. And I think that's it. I think your passion and also the students um, is a good thing to to do in the future if you hear something like that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Good one. All right. Next question is from Maya Lou. Um, She says, hey, ladies, recently I turned into both your podcast and Bachelor in Paradise. Love it all. Your casual banter validates other related beliefs. Thank you. Question. On the couch during the Bachelorette finale, I was extremely troubled when Becca defended Garrett's Instagram shit with the phrase, he didn't mean it more than once. It made no sense because it's not an action he didn't mean. It's a series of held beliefs that other people are inferior. My question When an everyday bigot says something offensive and covers it up by saying just kidding or I didn't mean it, what is the best quick and dirty approach to calling it out as bigot behavior? And do you think people of color really benefit from bigots being called out as bigots in the first place? Maybe I'm at a point where I just want to give up and watch trash TV forever. Keep it up. You're beautiful. Maya (laughs) Have you dealt with this, Rachel? Um, People just, you know, say stuff and then, oh, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I really haven't. Um, where, like, what was the, I, the, there was a lot there. There was a lot so of questions. The question- so the first question is, what's the best quick and dirty approach to calling out bigot behavior? Particularly when someone says, like, just, just kidding. kidding. I think you tell them, you call them out just for what they are. Mm-hmm. And then you look at them and you say, just kidding. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I think that, that, like, if they're saying something that that's, that, that it's that racist or that shocking or whatever, mm-hmm. then if it's that shocking, then call them for what they are. Yeah. And then they'll, you know, especially because then they'll say, I mean, I guess it depends who it is. You know, if it's your boss, you can't say, oh, my gosh, you're a racist. <laughs> Uh, I think each situation is, is different and you have to handle it accordingly. But let's just say it's a friend and they're saying it jokingly. I think you tell them that they're racist and then they'll say, no, I'm not. I think it, I think it will generate a conversation. Mm, okay, yeah. well, what you said is, is, is racist and let me tell you why. Mm. Because I do believe that people are ignorant. And 
to answer her point about what Becca was saying about he didn't mean it, he didn't mean it, mm -hmm. I think she was trying to say he was ignorant to it. Again, for some people that's okay, and for some people it's not. Mm -hmm. I think that that's what she was trying to say when she said he didn't mean it. Like, he wasn't mm -hmm. thinking of what he was doing. Mm -hmm. That's what I think she was trying to say. Right. But ignorance is still a problem because yes. ignorance can still get you in trouble. Mm -hmm. So, again, I go back to just take it as a if, – if you're going to be that blatant to be – to make a, a racist comment or a, a homophobic or something to offend someone, then I'm going to give you a very blatant answer mm -hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just in but, the same way. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I would say in the same way that that person says something and made you feel uncomfortable, you at the same time can call them out for it being racist and make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> like just as quickly, you can put it right back on them, um, and just let them know like it's not. I mean, to you, you're kidding, and it's a joke. But to me, it's not funny, mm -hmm. and this yeah. is why. Um, and I think they really, if they are still putting up a battle with you, you know, trying to defend it or whatever the hell, then you probably need to reevaluate this person in your life. Yeah. <laughs> or you really need to sit down and give them a, if you have the capacity, a full on <laughs> social justice seminar between, you know, the difference between intention and impact. Mm -hmm. And your intention of it being joking is fine and dandy, but the impact is that I'm offen offended. Yeah. And, that's the deeper conversation. Yeah, agreed. And I think my allude that if this person is in your life because they have to be, so if they're a coworker, there's a really delicate way you have to handle this because they're not going to get fired because they said that to you. Mm. And they're not going to redeem themselves because they said just kidding. So I think that if you get to the, the root of why they said it, which usually racism is rooted in fear, mm. um, or as Rachel said, rooted in ignorance, um, you can just find that out and then write them off. That's usually what I do. If they're forced to be in my life, I end up just writing them off everything that they say as like a joke. Because usually those people take themselves a little bit too seriously and then they're like, huh, just, just joking with you. <laughs> um, and... Um, you can just write off everything that they say from then on because they have that sort of like fear that you don't have. Um, and so I think just getting to the root of why they said what they said is really important. Um, and to her second question, do you think people of color really benefit from bigots being called out as bigots in the first place? It definitely depends on where you are in the situation. If you're in your friend group, absolutely. If you are at work, it's very delicate. Mm. That's tough when you're stuck with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you dealt with that at work, Rachel, at all? No. Um, the only way I've dealt with, never anything outright. Um, okay. I did, I do get, not a lot of, but in, especially more in the beginning when I was working more, I guess, um, a lot of times people did not think I was an attorney. Mm. I had where someone would ask, is the attorney coming? Mm. Or, um, you know, I had attorneys that, talk to me differently mm -hmm. than they would talk to my white male boss mm -hmm. and we'd be standing in the room together and it is what it is like I knew yeah. it for what it is but I never had anyone 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Justine, there's something I got to get off my chest, girl. Tell me. I've been low-key struggling with my relationship with my phone and social media just the over accessibility these devices create, this addiction to Instagram, mm-hmm. the distraction from everyday life and the people closest to me, it's been really stressed me out. I'm not even going to lie. Mm. I mean, that makes sense. Content overload is very real and staring at everybody's highlight reels can be overwhelming mm. and can absolutely steal your joy and peace. Yeah. We carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. You all know we're huge advocates of therapy. We talk about it all the time on this podcast. It's been tremendously beneficial throughout different stages of my life and areas where I've needed help from eating disorders to new relationships to my ever-changing relationship with my family. Therapy has really helped me to set boundaries and prioritize my self-care. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 2BG1R today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H E lp.com slash 2bg1r I'll uh, say anything outright to me no mm-hmm. okay yeah that's good <laughs> yeah that is good I've had people make slave jokes in the office so consider yourself very blessed for that one. <laughs> Jesus. It's, it's tough to deal with yeah uh, yeah I, don't, I can't remember any I, you know I've had things where maybe someone thought they were saying a compliment like oh my gosh you're so pretty for a black girl mm, yeah and I was like like th- those type of things mm-hmm. and you know I definitely have to say something about that mm-hmm. but not anything crazy mm-hmm. yeah so best of luck my Lou yes. hopefully that helped um, so our third email um, dealt with um, another theme that we discussed. Um, toxic masculinity, which came up quite a bit on Becca's season <laughs> with Lincoln, Leo, um, even Jordan on Bachelor in Paradise was a bit problematic. He had a whole conversation comparing the women to food and shit. Like, so our third email is from Monica. So Monica says, hello, I've been loving your podcast. Really appreciate your perspectives. From my own personal experience, I met my, I first met my fiance and didn't even pick up on his interest in me because he has what I would call a feminine gender presentation, i.e. he does not adhere to toxic masculinity or classic gender roles, is emotionally intelligent, empathetic, etc. When he finally was explicit with me about his interest, I didn't see him as a good match, even though I don't personally believe in adhering to classic gender roles for myself. 
I had never dated a guy like him before, gravitating t- more towards the strong, silent type, so I couldn't imagine what our relationship would look like. All that being said, we're now engaged. It's the best relationship I've ever been in, and I love him so much, but I still find my own ideas of toxic masculinity creeping up on me occasionally. When he says something that is very emotional, romantic, and sweet, or talks in his higher register, sometimes a little voice in my head, <laughs> sometimes a little voice in my head whispers, but is he a real man? So I do really think women can perpetuate toxic masculinity and toxic gender roles in our own relationships. Even me, who thinks of myself as a progressive feminist. It's something I had to face, and I am so interested to hear your thoughts. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> Monica. That was, these are some super deep questions. <laughs> yes. to your audience for, like, bringing it in smart, intelligent, thoughtful questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, it shows who your audience is. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I like your podcast. Yay! We love you guys. Um, <laughs> so, well, okay, first of all, kudos. What's your name? Monica. Monica. Kudos, Monica, for stepping outside of the box. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not staying to the typical man that you choose and really going after, you know, the person that you felt connected to. It follows your heart. And, and I'm sure your head, too. Because that's. Uh, a big question that I get a lot and if I was still going on the list that I used to have I wouldn't be with Brian I wouldn't have gone on the show mm-hmm. at all like I think sometimes you just have to really go for what it is that you want for yourself and not necessarily how the person looks or acts or talks or you know whatever I will say that I think that the good thing is that she recognizes Monica let me talk to you Monica you recognize you know what it is that you have an issue with like you recognize what you're doing wrong you're like you know that oh my gosh this is this creeping up in my head and I think if well I guess sorry I'm asking a question like that now I'm wondering <laughs> has, has Monica ever talked to him about some of the issues that she's had mm. oh, um, yeah. with him I'm very curious if you haven't I think that you should mm-hmm. um just because if he can see that you're struggling with something, but he doesn't know what it is, that can be harmful to the relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, you should have maybe not like, you know, like mention like the speaking in a higher registry or anything yeah. like that, but just like kind of talking about, you know, what she's typically dated and, um, you know, how it's different and how sometimes she still struggles with that, you know, not to the point where they gonna, or she's going to leave them, but she still struggles with, you know, back to the way that she's she's thought for such a long time. Mm-hmm. So I just think that, I mean, there's really no exact way to answer her question, your question, Monica, other than saying, you know, I think it's it's good that you, you know how you are, you know what you're doing, recognize that, and then just realize that you found the love of your life. Mm-hmm. And the reason you picked him and he stands out from everyone else is because he is different. You know, mm-hmm. you didn't get the regular guy, the strong, silent type, or whoever it is that you're used to. You pick somebody different who stands out, who's made for you, imperfectly perfect for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hold on to that. Hold on to the reason that you said yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. I Shout out to Monica. I really love this email. Me too. Yeah. It, I commend you for being so self-aware and just 
um, really questioning your, you know, your own kind of relationship to toxic masculinity. This email really made me, made me think personally and really made me check my own prejudices because I, Justine knows, not that long ago, a couple months ago, I went on a date mm-hmm. with a guy who was great on paper. We hit it off really well. But I, he had similarly very effeminate gender presentation that I just couldn't, I couldn't look past. Yeah. And I ended up not giving the guy a second chance um, because of that reason. And honestly, you know, with reading Monica's email made me realize my own kind of subconscious toxic masculine notions of you know wanting a man that is quote unquote manly whatever the hell that even means yeah so i really loved this email because it just made me check my own privileges and um i commend you monica for being self-aware but also as rachel said um, maybe even if this is going to be like a hindrance in your relationship, you need to maybe talk to him about it um, or at least have an open dialogue about what's bothering you so it's not just kind of festering. Um, but this made me think, and it made me kind of hard on myself, actually, in thinking, you know, I'm attracted to what I'm attracted to, but am I completely axing out whole groups of guys because of this weird notion in my head of what, uh, you know a, what classically a man is supposed to be mm-hmm. and that guy that i went on a date with that could have been my husband <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Not he was chance. good on paper too <laughs> he was very good on yeah. paper um so yeah i i really appreciate this email and um yeah thanks for just making us think yeah really. mm-hmm. yeah me too uh monica i think if you listen to the podcast you know my type um, and you know that I eliminate people based on foolish things, like if they wrote poetry or um, at some points in my life if they went to college. So I um, definitely deeply related to the self-awareness in this email. And I would like you, Monica, to question a certain part in here when she says very emotional, romantic and sweet. When he says something that is very emotional, romantic and sweet. Um, I think that if that's something that is turning you off, that you need to think about why that's turning you off. I think there's some times ah. where, and Rachel, you alluded to this earlier when you were talking about Peter in, in um, the interview, that you recognize that as love, but you also recognize it as a way for him to keep you around and not something um, that you wanted and is not something... Um, that works for you. So if your boyfriends in the past who are this strong silent type were not emotional, romantic, or sweet, but that's really what you wanted, and so you recognize it as being effeminate, that is something that you need to recognize mm-hmm. also. Um, and questioning if that's a real man. Like, I would never question if somebody said something romantic if they, if they were a real man, because mm-hmm. that's never been my experience with men, that they're just not romantic. Mm-hmm. But, Monica, that could be your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say look in the past, see what you recognize as love, um, and make sure that all of those things align with what you actually want, because mm-hmm. sometimes they don't. Um, and you need to shift that because you have this man who's madly in love with you and you seem to be madly in love with him as well. Um, and just to make sure you guys are speaking the same language. Um, but to Natasha's point, it also makes me think all these emails have made me think, but especially the ones about love, because I am someone who definitely struggles with like my type and what I want and if it's good for me or not. Mm. Um, 
Whew. So yeah, sometimes these can be a little triggering, but this was good, Monica. I'm glad that we, <laughs> we thought a little bit about it. Um, oh, and perfect. Our last email, which is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Get ready. Uh, wait, this can, is I a good say, one. can I just say Monica should go, if you haven't already, y'all should do couples counseling. Mm, mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. That would be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm big on counseling. Yeah. Yes, mm. we are pro-therapy podcast. Pro we yes. talk about therapy yes. all the time. <laughs> so. And even there's like little group therapy you can do at your church or whatever, mm. you know, whatever yeah. religious group you're in. They have all kinds of, you know, free little group things. So, mm -hmm. um, And our last email dealt with the theme, dating the nice guy. Um, and as women, we always say we want a guy with an edge or maybe a bad boy and kind of put the nice guys like on the back, on the back burner. So, this is from Rachel. Should I give her a code name? It's a fellow Rachel. <laughs> it's a fellow Rachel? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, she says, Hey, Natasha and Justine, I'm emailing you to tell you about my current boyfriend who I am in the process of leaving. Mm. First and oh. <laughs> okay. Ready for that <laughs> First and foremost, I love you both. I watched the Bachelor franchise just to listen to you. At this point, ABC, you are welcome. <laughs> so my boyfriend, he came across as a very sweet guy when I got with him. Then I realized he was only nice to me because I was having sex with him. Mm. My boyfriend would throw in little homophobic microaggressions into jokes after we started dating which I do not fucking stand for, but it was something I allowed and got used to because I had invested my time in him already. He's a heavy drinker, which is also another thing I let slide from the start of our relationship because I thought it was something he was working on. I didn't, I didn't help with his insecurities. I would wrestle him and lift him up, and I think it created a resentment between him and I. And after reading this email, this is, she's talking about physically, Rachel. She would wrestle him and lift him up. Um, oh. yes. He began to tease me about my weight and my clothes. Can I mention that I work very hard to love myself? So this kind of teasing is something that I can logically dismiss, but something about it haunted me and I felt his words when I would get undressed and when I would go out. He would tease me about my sexuality and my own self-love and he made me feel dirty for having my own sex toys and for taking care of my needs in that regard. There are a lot of issues in our relationship, and I broke up with him in May originally because I knew he was bad for me. I got with him again because he was so loving after I left, and I had, not, had never seen that before. So she had never seen somebody be so sweet after they broke up. It worked, and I missed him desperately. He played with my emotions to keep me around, and I realized it was too late. After I started to express my disinterest in his behavior, he started to gaslight me. He is very quiet in his manner and can control his tone, whereas if you upset me, I get louder and I express myself through my emotions. He repeatedly would get me to this emotional state by using his teasing and frustrating comments, and because he was quiet and never yelled, I was able to look the part, he was able to look the part of the rational man dealing with his crazed girlfriend. This is seriously making me distrustful of the nice guy because... Since I thought he was so sweet and kind from the start of the relationship, I let nearly everything slide until it got to a really ugly place. How do you trust that the nice guy is truly a nice guy and not just hiding his secrets like drinking or being homophobic? Oof. 
Okay, Ooh. Rachel. Yes. We don't need to know his name is Lucifer. That's all I was thinking the entire time. This is you are dating the devil himself. You are dating <laughs> Satan himself. <laughs> A wolf in sheep's clothing. Yep. Yeah. I, I think the, what I find the interesting the most and maybe what's most concerning is that she keeps referring to him as the nice guy. Mm, yeah. There's nothing nice about him. Mm. Yes, he started off as nice, but then everything else after that is was is a stark contrast. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Rachel, you know the problem. You know exactly what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just need to now find it within yourself to walk away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, like what you I feel like I would be more concerned if you were saying that he does all these things, you're, I guess you kind of are still with him, but you did say you're in the process of leaving him. Mm-hmm. But if you were saying all these things about him and you didn't know what to do, you know exactly what you need to do. You mm-hmm. have called out every single problem with him. So don't make it a process anymore. Mm-hmm. Leave him. But I don't think that you should be concerned about the miscategorizing the next guy. This guy seems to have a lot of red flags that were waving like vigorously in front of you (laughs) and and you chose not to see them so I think that now you you should just be more aware of recognizing when it's a problem and realize like when what did Maya Angelou say when people show you who you who they are believe them Mm -hmm. and the first time he showed you that 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 was him Mm -hmm. not the first time you Mm -hmm. know um he showed you his true colors and I think that you have to moving forward you just have to trust your gut don't let, don't judge other men by this bad experience. Continue to be open, but also be aware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, Rachel, the emailer, um, you're very self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> and being this self-aware, you also have to know that this kind of treatment is just not acceptable. Um, and to your question, how can you trust a nice guy... Um, when he t- like when he presents himself as a nice guy in the beginning, um, all guys in the beginning are nice. Yeah, <laughs> like most guys when you first meet them, they're nice. Yeah. You don't get points for being nice though, and you have to really watch his actions as they play out. When you really get to know him, you've definitely really gotten to know this guy, and so you know that he is not a nice guy, mm-hmm. and that he is bringing you into a dark kind of place. I think one of the most disturbing things, besides the alcoholism and the, and the homophobic <laughs> and the homophobic thoughts, <laughs> is how he knows how to push your buttons. Yeah. He is able to maintain calm in times when you guys are fighting, and he knows that you kind of get to a place where you raise your voice and you get more expressive and he purposely gets you to that place. Mm -hmm. Like that is almost like sociopathic in a way. Like he knows exactly what he's doing and he's still doing it. That's, that's not love. That's not Mm -hmm. a nice guy. Um, he clearly is not, um, he's not good for you. He's bringing you down. He's not making you a better person. I don't think. Um, so I feel like you definitely know what to do. Yeah. And as Rachel said, um, you have to treat the next guy like he's a brand new guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But you learn from this relationship and you just have your guard up a little bit. You know, the guy, the next guy is going to be nice, too, just like every person. But you have to really pay attention once they show their true colors. Pay attention. And that's Mm -hmm. that's who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And yeah, best of luck. Oof. Yeah, I think, um, Rach, you <laughs> you know what to do, and we hope you're going to go through with it. Please email us and let us know when you break up with him. Um, and yeah. <laughs> send us a picture of yourself just eating cake and drinking champagne. But um, as far as moving forward, I do think that um, Rachel and Natasha make a great point that you have to treat everybody um, with just a brand new slate, I know that I have trouble with this also, um, and it's really hard to do. I've done a lot of stereotyping in my dating life, um, but I think the key is to pay attention to little signs. Also, I think this guy, something that you're skipping over is a lot of your problems have to do with sex. Um, and you have to be careful with sex and how it affects you emotionally. Um, I think he feels a way about his attraction towards you because you can wrestle him and lift him up. Um, because you have your own sex toys and like you own your sexuality in this way. And maybe he doesn't and he feels self-conscious about it. Um, and he's making you feel bad about that. So not only is he creating this facade around the nice guy. He's also trying to create this facade around your sexuality and how you own it. Um, and he's trying to ruin you. Um, and I would also say that um, hurt people hurt people. So if you are still feeling this way, don't go out and try to like date and find your husband. You can go on date and find some dick. But don't go out and date and try to find your husband immediately because you are going to... Um, you know, maybe, maybe mess with someone else or try to test them in a certain way. Um, and just to be delicate with your heart, um, mm -hmm. like Natasha said, and guard it in that way is really, really important. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that don't have sex with people. That just means that you have to know what it is. Um, and to, to be careful with sex in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. my answer. Yeah. Best of luck, Rachel. Best of luck, Rachel. Wow. Definitely update us when... Please do. When you kick this guy to the curb. Yes. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Yeah, yeah truly. Um, so thank you to all the listeners. These yeah. were some really thought-provoking emails. Mm -hmm. And I hope that uh, myself, Justine, and Rachel Lindsay were able to give you some, <laughs> some thoughts and help you out with some life mess. Um, but that brings us to the end. Rachel, it, this has been amazing. amazing. Thank <laughs> you so much. Oh, you guys, it's been fun. It has been fun. I've enjoyed it. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, this conversation, I hope, I know the listeners have been wanting this. Yep. Um, and we have wanted this. Mm -hmm. And we are happy we got to ask you all of our burning questions. Yep. And uh, we also appreciate all the support that you've been giving us. Um, and we hope that you continue to listen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I will. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, I hope I answered your questions. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, we got we got deep. Y'all asked some really good <laughs> questions, so I appreciate I always appreciate, like, thought-provoking questions. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. And I'm really happy for your podcast. Like I think, like I said at the very beginning of the conversation, you're filling a void. And, you know, like, I'm proud of you guys. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Mm -hmm. We're going to remind you all again. We say it every week. 
rate, review, subscribe. subscribe. If you liked what you heard, um, there's right there's more where that came from, mm-hmm. but you gotta give back to us. So support the podcast, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and we're also all over social media. We are live on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is the number two BLK girls, the number one Rose. Our Instagram? Um, our Instagram is the number two black girls, the number one Rose. Same with our Facebook. Just look us up there. Um, also, our email. Clearly, we love the emails, guys. <laughs> um, the number two black girls, the number one rose at gmail.com. Email us. Even on the off season, we're still out here working. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Continue to support the podcast. You guys know we have merch now. Hit yep. us up uh, on teespring.com slash two black girls, one rose. Mm-hmm. All of this will be in the description box. Yep. And we'll be back next week, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.